today on Best Ball Breakfast. Two more Best Ball Mania 4 drafts as we chase $3 million on a stream draft. Today will be draft number 66 and 67. We also just crossed 14,000 subs. We are officially 1K away from hitting our hot Best Ball Summer goal of 15,000 subs, at which point when we do, we'll be giving away $1,500 to three of you, 500 to three of you, 1,500 total. That's what we're doing. It's Best Ball Breakfast. Let's go. Oh, another Influencer 101 for the Backward Hats, bro. Rick! Zach Ertz with no Tyler Algier bringback? Yikes. You reached a round for correlation? That's a no-no. You ADP bros disgust me. How about you just live a little? Handcuffing might actually be a way to get unique if the field's avoiding it. The Wi-Fi at this resort is a disaster? These fucking streamers don't have player takes. What if a piss boy draft? Is the room you need. Oh. All right, GMs, GMs all around. Holy cow, this chat, it's looking like it's, what, 2021 NFT bull run with all of these GMs being tossed around. GM Michael, what is up? Fantasy Football Garage. I Last week, I had to redo the cold open. Um, I almost had to redo it there for, for promising giving away $4,500. I mean, a, a lot of you guys are going to need to sign up for Underdog Fantasy with promo code PETE. Get you a hundred dollar deposit match. I mean, if if a hundred of you want to sign up uh, for Underdog with that promo code, we can talk about expanding the giveaway there. But as I mentioned, we are, I would say, the home stretch for for accomplishing this giveaway. I want to say when I kicked off the best ball streams, it was on that Saturday night opening night of Best Ball Mania Four. That was the draft. Karain was on with me. I want to say I had twelve thousand seven hundred subs that night. I want to say it was around there. So we've added 1300 subs in uh, a little less than two months, which puts us on a very good pace here. Also just hoping that uh, more and more people are going to start joining us in these best ball streets. I would love to be able to accomplish this goal by the end of July. I think we can do it. So if you are new to the channel, if you've been enjoying watching these streams, please subscribe. Like I said, the way you get entered into the giveaways by leaving a comment after any of my draft streams. I have a playlist on my channel that has all of those available. I know some people are going back and commenting on all of those. Uh, my guy, Neil Farley, I, uh, I pulled open my app and saw he had gone back and commented on all of the draft streams. So I will respond to all of those comments eventually as well. It is uh, something I've put upon myself. I don't know why. I think I'm a masochist, but I will respond to all of your comments and that will get you an entry into the $1,500 giveaway that we're going to do when we hit that subscriber goal. Good morning, Loot Acquirer. I was wondering how many of you guys would have Chihuahua Brain, Superflex Chihuahua Brain this morning. I, I want all of you Chihuahua Brain people to get into my Best Ball Mania 4 draft and you know accidentally take Davis Mills in the fourth round because you think it's Superflex. If that could happen, that would be awesome. Um, Ron Paul, can't wait to see what you have planned for BBM number 69. Uh, you don't have to wait too long to find out. It'll be what today, 66 to 67, which means the splash play double header tomorrow. 69 will be on the splash play channel. Splash play is just running hot, getting all of my monumental draft milestones. Draft number 50 was on the splash play channel. And now draft 69. Very nice. will be on the splash play channel tomorrow. Uh, after, uh, we do the first draft here. Um, tell us one highlight from your weekend. I put the tweet out. I was not joking. I have done zero Chihuahua Superflex drafts. I, I power washed my fence for about three hours. And I forget someone said this to me on Twitter, and it is so true. 
it power washing gets addicting and it gets addicting from like an OCD perfectionist standpoint, because it's like, you know, I'm just trying to get some of the main stuff off. There's what's like some moss type stuff growing on it. You know, your typical pollen residue, but then you start aiming for perfection. You're like, well, I got the main stuff off. Why don't I just like really get that one little thing? Next thing you know, three hours are gone in the day and you've been out in the, uh, in the hot sun, uh, just pressure washing your fence all day. So that was uh, that was the highlight of the week uh, for me. Jay might get my testosterone levels up out in the yard. Still catching up on some GMs in here. Um, Neil's deleting his comments in protest after hearing if it's not $1,500 each. You know what? I've never looked into the algorithmic uh, machinations of commenting and then deleting your comment. Do I still get the boost if you comment and then delete it? I'd like to think no takebacks. No takebacks. Darren, we are indeed getting close here. Appreciate all of your guys' support, all of the momentum here on the channel. Uh, it's been fun to see us chipping away at that goal. Um, Alex has been switching back and forth between Superflex and BBM, and it's hurting his brain. There you go. Get all these Chihuahua brain players in my drafts this morning. $2. Uh, power wash the fence. Grats on the sex. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're still waiting on part two, Tyler. Um, uh, all right. Uh, Lou played Power Wash Simulator. Great game. Uh, I mean, hey, however you need to get your power washing in works for me. Um, by the way, Lou's going to be joining uh, at the halftime of these two drafts. You know, I've been trying to um, showcase some of the data work that's been going on uh, in the best ball community. Lou's been taking the Fantasy Data Pros course. So he's going to talk to us a little bit about what he's been learning in that course. And then I should also mention later this afternoon, it's not going to be live, but I am going to be recording another best ball data round table. We did one of these about a month or so ago with Sam Hoppin and Ben from uh, fantasy data pros. We're going to have Mike Leone jumping on that. So we're going to pre-record that this afternoon. You can keep an eye out for that uh, tomorrow. Excited to talk about the data bowl. We can talk about the controversial does stacking matter debate that uh, Josh on Twitter had his thread that blew up. We'll get Leone's thoughts on that. So keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for Lou hopping on. And we are going to get rolling in our first Best Ball Mania draft. Let me get all situated. Get my overlay. Get this. Get my banner. Are we rolling? All right. I think we're good. I think we're good. Look at you. Did you guys all run out of money? Normally these drafts snap fill. I get, I tipped people off in the discord waiting for three people, waiting for four people. Holy cow. You guys all blew all your money on chihuahuas. No one has any more money for these drafts. Look at this. This might be the slowest we've ever filled uh, a best ball mania draft. That's incredible. All right. We did fill now. We got Nate's. We got Ron Stewart. We got JGFC. Who else do we got in here? We got Brendan. Oh, we got Nick. Producer Nick. Good thing uh, Phil is the one helping out today. I feel like that would just be um, conflict of interest if Nick was in the draft while also back in the StreamYard hopper helping me produce. As always, shout out to Nick and Phil and Lou, the production team here, helping us get out these clips, get our YouTube game dialed in so we can hit 15K subs. We, of course, got the usual around here, 110. Um, I don't know what it is. My stream draft luck right now 
has been uh, pretty bad for early draft slots. Um, 110 here, but I, I've said this before with my stream drafts, I kind of like picking at the back end of the round. Um, it does suck to miss, like the third round stinks, but it's sometimes in these rooms, the back end of the second round can really stink as well. Um, so I like being able to have the options here at the one, two turn. You could get, sometimes you'll get a crazy faller. You know, we will see CMC fall in these sometimes. Um, I can always get at least two wide receivers I like. So we shall see how this goes. Ron Stewart here to experience one of these avalanche rooms with his own two eyes. Hey, lots of people, Ron. Lots of people have come into these parts and then immediately regretted their decision. Mm. Look at the crowd going wild for Ron Stewart in the house. Mm. My punishment for jumping in the super flex drafts has been getting mostly late picks and shit QB builds, but we grind on. I, I literally have not looked at any of the ADP anything. Where is um where's Anthony Richardson going in the super flex drafts? It's been so long because my whole bit was in the super flex drafts, I was refusing to take like Dak Prescott in the first round. So I ended up with so much Anthony Richardson. I think he's my third highest uh exposure quarterback in the super flex contest. Um, because he was just always available in the sixth, seventh round. Oh my God. He's a sec mid to late second. Oh baby. Times have changed. Times have changed. All right. We're on the clock here. What are we looking at? Um, yeah, this is one of those spots where all four of these wide receivers could get wiped out. Let's go ahead and take Garrett Wilson and then we'll see what comes back to us. This is kind of a nice spot, right? One, two, three, four, five. Eckler, Bijan, Devante, Amon Ra guaranteed one of those four. That feels good. Ron Stewart is how I found your channel. I got to get Ron Stewart on the payroll. We need we need to do a, you know what we need to do? We need to do a best ball after dark with Ron Stewart. Um, have done a couple shows with Ron this offseason. He came on ship chasing uh, for our mock draft and hopped on splash play. But I think I need to... Uh, I need to do a best ball after dark. Um, yeah, we're going to do Bijan here. Garrett Wilson and Bijan. Um, I saw I saw a tweet from Ron the other day. I mean, a lot of us joke about, you know, streamers living in their mom's basement. Ron Stewart walks the walk. I, I saw Ron uh, commenting about his mom making him a dinner dish that he didn't like. I mean, Ron, is this just like a full-on you know, Will Ferrell, mom, the meatloaf situation here. I do need to get you on best ball after dark and figure out what's going on over there. Ha having home cooked meals from your mom every day does sound pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie, Ron. Speaking of uh, best ball after dark, uh, had Dwayne McFarland on from fantasy life on Friday night. Very fun uh, interview with Dwayne, getting to know him more, learned about some of his secret talents. Had no idea. I've been working with Dwayne at Fantasy Life now for almost a year, and he had hidden talents that I didn't even know. Got to talk to him about that, and we did hop in a Best Ball Mania draft. One of the other perks of being a YouTube member, you, of course, get access to those Best Ball After Dark series. I've been doing those um, pretty much every single week on either Friday or Saturday night. And then occasionally we are drafting Best Ball Mania teams, which will get you an additional entry into the giveaway. 
um, because those are only accessible for YouTube members. Drafted a fun team with Dwayne too. It was, I, you know, Hayden has, uh, Hayden Winks over at Underdog has written about this as well, about the type of players that zero RB bros traditionally draft, the type of players that robust RB bros traditionally draft. And one thing that's fun is if you can like subvert that a little bit. And so one thing Dwayne and I did, we drafted a zero RB team on Friday night, but our first two running backs were running backs that the zero RB bros, myself included, don't traditionally take. So we, Alexander Madison and David Montgomery were our two first running backs. So I love that idea of, hey, most zero RB bros are going to be targeting these other guys like, you know, me, James Cook or Javante Williams. What if we still get the benefits of that structure but with different players that aren't being traditionally used in zero RB builds. So check out that draft with Dwayne uh, if you guys are YouTube members here. Playmaker. I mean, at some point, guys, we have to, and this is this goes for myself included. I keep always caveating it with, well, my stream drafts, my weird drafts. I think at some point we just have to move on because they're just, I still get comments. Where's my guy, Henry Mudo in the chat is always like, you got Austin Eckler at pick 17. It's like, yeah, that's just what happens in here, guys. The people who watch these streams, who hop into these drafts, like wide receivers at a disproportionate rate relative to the rest of the, the drafts on underdog. It is what it is. We like wide receivers around here. They go early. Everyone's terrified of the wide receiver avalanche. But sometimes you just got to put your cojones on the table and take Bijan Robinson at pick 15. This is a fun one. Pete, did you have any player takes early in the season that you have reconsidered? Um, I mean, I have completely done a 180 on um, you know, the 49ers quarterback situation. You know, I was I was holding on to the ghost of Trey Lance. I have fully let go of it. I have made a conscious effort, effort to boost my um my Brock Purdy exposure um so yeah i i would like i can i can definitely think of other ones that i've done i mean a lot of my stuff has been structural right like i really didn't like um three tight end builds i've certainly come around on those in the right spot i would like to think i'm very willing to change my mind in the face of new information here um all right Looking at the top of the queue in the third round, we have Bijan and Garrett Wilson with the start. Top available players, uh, Debo Samuel, Amari Cooper, Lamar Jackson, Najee, Christian Watson, ETN. All kinds of options here. Keenan Allen almost, or sorry, Josh Allen almost fell to 310. I would have grabbed him there. I'm going to go ahead and just take the uh, best available wide receiver, a guy I've been getting a decent amount now. You can see with the overlay, this will push me over 14% Debo Samuel exposure. And... Um, I'm happy to scoop him up there. Brad wondering how we're at pick 66 already. Um, I know, man. Time flies. Chris Diaz says, why is DeMont not good for 0RB? I did not say he's not good for 0RB. I said players who traditionally tra draft 0RB have specific profiles and players they like. And David Montgomery, famously, I drafted 0% David Montgomery last year. Traditionally, David Montgomery is not a player that zero RB bros like. It does not mean he can't fit into a zero RB portfolio. Um, back on the clock here, uh, Cooper, McLaurin, Lamar Jackson, and Judy go. I am not taking Najee. Um, let's see here. I was going to take Judy if Judy fell. Um, 
I'm going to go ahead and grab Christian Watson here. Another guy just hovering over weight with the field. I have been enjoying playing the Packers through some of the cheaper options, AJ Dillon, Romeo Dobbs, Jordan Love. But in this range here, I still do like Christian Watson. And I like I like betting on the Packers. Um, obviously, the team is going to say stuff like Jordan Love is looking awesome in training camp. But that is the, uh, the rumblings out of Green Bay that there's going to be no drop off from him to Aaron Rodgers, And while that might seem slightly hyperbolic, I do really think the offense is going to have a lot of success this year. Um, Christian Watson though, is similar to me with, with Drake London, where it's just like, there isn't a lot of room for air at these ADPs. Like it is getting close to what I think is, I don't want to say their ceiling outcome, but definitely like their 80, 85th percentile. But it's just like, who else are we drafting? DeAndre Hopkins, who doesn't have a team. DJ Moore, who has similar concerns. Um, there is just such a flat tier here for wide receivers. I do really think from like Christian Watson all the way down to Traylon Burks, you know, I, I just don't see a ton of difference there. But you do have to select a player in the fourth round. That is what they tell me in the underdog rules. And so we will select a wide receiver and rock a little bit of an anchor uh, build here with Bijan. So Garrett Wilson, Bijan Robinson, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson. This would probably be a build that I'm going to be looking at potentially an elite tight end. You know, one of the things that I'm always thinking about based on my player exposures is where are my player selections? Where are my quarterbacks going to come from? Um, this feels like a team where I'm not going to be taking a quarterback for a while. Um, Garrett Wilson gives me access to Rogers. Bijan opens me up to a late Ritter pick Debo to Purdy Watson to love. So if I'm working under kind of my typical loose rules, and again, these are rules that are meant to be broken based on how drafts go. But traditionally I'm thinking two detours through the first seven rounds. And by detours, I mean, do detours away from God's position wide receiver. I've already taken one with Bijan here. Um, I could certainly do another one at running back if I like how something falls, but I wouldn't mind also getting an elite tight end um, with one of these picks as well. So we'll see how this board falls. Interesting ADP flip in this draft. Justin Herbert goes ahead of Joe Burrow. That's because Ron took Mike Williams and didn't want to miss out on that stack. Joe Burrow does go to the T Higgins drafter from the six hole. And Hawkinson does go there. We could do, hmm, what do we want to do here? I think Kittle's probably the pick. Kittle's probably the pick. I, I assume I'm going to like whatever wide receiver comes back. I already have a bet on the Niners with Debo. And I was surprisingly... Am I am I a little underweight on uh on Kittle relative to uh yeah 7.7%. That kind of surprises me, especially now that his ADP is falling. For some reason, I thought I would have a little bit more. I'm trying to see what I have of these other guy, other elite tight ends. Kyle Pitts, 10.8%. What am I on Hawkinson? 9.2%. So yeah, happy to get that back there. Let's check wide receivers. Is there any correlations here? 
Do we want to do, you know, I haven't been hammering Jordan Addison. I've been kind of indifferent on him. I don't mind that correlation there. I could also play it through Jahan Dotson, which is nice, although I'll have the running backs available there too. Let's go with the the Addison, Christian Watson mini. So our team here through six rounds, Bijan anchor running back, no quarterbacks yet. We got four wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, tight end George Kittle. The only dicey thing, um, depending on how this board shakes out, I might not like the wide receivers available for me at pick 82. This is this is always a pretty fringe point in drafts. Mm. Now, this is a wild take. I have 0% CD Lamb. That's, that's a wild take. How many drafts have you done? Um... Christian Watson can't catch. This is another wild take. I'm pretty sure I, I watched him catch a lot of touchdown passes last year. Um, did I did I miss that? Was that did he have some adhesive that was aiding him with all those catches that were non-catches? Uh, Matt is new to the channel. Found your channel a couple weeks ago and enjoy watching your BBM drafts. Love to hear it, Matt. Yeah, my regular programming schedule uh, for Best Ball Mania drafts is there are. Every single week, at least five for sure on this channel. Two on Best Ball Breakfast on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. back-to-back. Um, one on this channel on Tuesday, Splash Play with Spags. And then we head over to the Splash Play channel for the second. And then on Wednesdays, I draft with Pat Crane, the Best Ball Mania 3 champ, my co-host over at Chip Chasing, and then Sean Siegel from Rotoviz. So those are the built-in five drafts for sure, six total drafts. Um, there, and then I've been sprinkling in other drafts on other shows, guest spots, etc. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel so you don't miss those. And like I said at the top, if for some reason, I, I Spags always roasts me on this of being bad about doing my underdog reads. If you guys aren't on underdog, if you if you've been watching all of these streams and you're like, hmm, I just need that nudge, I just need that gentle little push over the edge. Sign up with promo code Pete. You get a hundred dollar deposit match. And you can jump in these BBM waters. You don't even have to get in the $25 drafts. They do have the $4 super flex drafts that uh, everyone has been talking about. How full is this already? The Chihuahua at 30% full, which is hilarious too, because I feel like every time there's a super flex tournament, everyone's like, yeah, don't really like super flex. And yet it's still almost a third of the way full. Someone said, wait on Pitts. I love Kyle Pitts, but when I'm picking at pick 63, there's zero chance Pitts is coming back to 82. I have been seeing him fall a bit here. You do get him in the early seventh, which seems very nice here. Omar with a fun draft. Jamar Chase, Nick Chubb, Mahomes, Ayuk, Godwin, Pickens, Pitts. But uh, Pitts was not coming back to me there. You were, oh, you were talking about at pick 63, wait for Pitts to come back? Yeah, I could have, but, you know, I view Kittle and Pitts fairly similarly, and then I'm just going to break the tie in favor of the correlation that I have there with Debo. Is this a super flex? No, this is a best ball mania, single QB. Oh no, Peter, no quarterbacks yet. Ugh. I'm checking up. Everyone's sharing their CD lamb exposures in the chat. 0% Debo. Good luck with that, tank. 
Um, all right, we are on the clock here. Let's see. I think I'm higher. I think I'm now higher on the market on Zay Flowers relative to everyone. I still view him as part of this tier with Elijah Moore, like the very end of the wide receiver tier. I'm now taking him ahead of Rashad Bateman, um, just kind of taking a, a more cautious approach to see how Bateman's offseason progresses, to see if he's ready for um, training camp and preseason. But for me, I'm high on this Ravens offense. I'm extremely low on Odell Beckham relative to ADP. I really like Bateman, but I am legitimately spooked about his chances of reaggravation with that Liz Frank. And if that's your thought process, a path for Zay Flowers really starts to open up there. Um, let's see. What do I want to do here? Trevor Lawrence sliding past ADP, but there's just nothing fun to stack him with. I think I will let him go. Maybe I'll continue to boost my Montgomery shares a bit here. I think that's what we will do. I think we can sit on quarterback in this room until pick 106 and 111. I've been really trying to take my foot off the gas of like the Sutton stuff. I guess I could have maybe done Jamison Williams, but that still feels rich. 10 picks ahead of ADP. So we'll grab David Montgomery. Four picks past ADP. The team here through eight rounds. Pete, no quarterback. Overzet, uh, running backs. Bijan and David Montgomery. Wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, tight end, George Kittle. Chat goes crazy when I take David Montgomery. Uh, are we doing bits today, chat? I, I like to think everyone's doing bits. Speaking of bits, speaking of bits, how is there no poor? I say we go full screen for this poor too. Oh, now my overlay is still here. That's all right. That's all right. I just got to put my head here. You guys see my new Fantasy Life helmet? Check that out. Look at that, baby. Shout out Fantasy Life. I feel like this is Chekhov's Fantasy helmet where inevitably I will end up drinking a beer out of that. Anyways, coffee pour. There we go. I'm always torn now. Like I'm, I'm so, you know, the, the coffee pour has taken on such a life of its own that, you know, there's lots of things I wrestle with now when I do the pour, like, do I go for a, a full hearty pour? Like where I fill it to the brim and I just deliver the goods to you guys, just a steady stream, just ASMR porn right there for you guys. Or do I let it breathe Maybe just do a half a cup so we get more pours. I guess that's a question for the audience. Would you guys rather have, say, one to two really strong, hearty pours over the course of a stream, or would you like it to be a little bit more um, of a slow drip, if you will? So you get four to five pours, but they're just a quick splash in the cup. Let me know what, what you guys would like from your coffee pours, and I will try to accommodate. Demont is the guy you need. He honestly could be. I, I do like his price. I do like his price. Oh, wow. Look at the chat going crazy. I told you, yeah, put on the helmet. Hey, there's going to have to be more beers and more super chats involved for that to happen. For now, for now, we got to just let it marinate there on the set. Hmm. 
GA, 3% JMO, you like that or want more maybe? Um, I'm, I'm okay being underweight on JMO. Um, I do think I will end up higher than that, but I have, I guess I would treat how I feel about Jamison Williams like similar to how I feel about the elite quarterbacks, where it's, I'm not full fading, but I'm completely fine if I end up at like five to 6% um, underweight on, on those guys. And I'm just going to try to use, the problem with Jamison Williams, right, is he's never a guy that falls, at least in my drafts. I'm never getting like an ADP discount of, oh, wow, Jamison Williams is here. And so then I do think the times I would want to sprinkle him in are with Amon Ross St. Brown teams. But even when you look at his ADP, you're generally picking Amon Ross St. Brown at the back end of the draft board. Same with Gibbs too, right? I guess maybe when Gibbs falls, you could get uh, Jamison Williams on this side of the board. But yeah, it's a long way of saying I haven't loved his price and the correlation stuff hasn't really broken away. That's made him an obvious tiebreaker selection for me. And so I just haven't ended up with a lot of him. Let's see here. Probably going to continue pushing quarterback. This definitely feels like a nice range for running backs. You know, I didn't take uh Jahan Dotson. Um, so this seems like my spot to take Antonio Gibson. We'll grab him here uh, a couple picks past ADP. Got that week 17 correlation with Debo and Kittle. This is likely, so I guess I could do two things here. I could take, I could take Cousins stacked up with Addison, or I could continue to push quarterback down the road because um, I'm going to have options. One, two, three. I think I kind of want, Goff still kicking around. I think I kind of want to push quarterback in this room. Let's do P Ryan. Uh, well, do we actually do want to do P Ryan? I, I've been doing P Ryan in different kind of rooms. You know what? Let's get weird. You know what? Let's get weird. Let's handcuck. Um, I want to. I want to do something weird here. So we're gonna grab both Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. I think of the. You know, there's all of these backfields. Um, I mean, I did make a best ball tip video saying how Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson were the uh, the perfect uh, pairing if you did want to handcuff your room because they have such different roles with how they're going to be utilized. Um, so I got to put my money where my mouth is, right? If I'm going to tout the handcuffing, I got to do it on stream every once in a while. The reason I balked on P. Ryan is, and not that I don't think he's a good pick um, in a in a vacuum. I've been liking to use Samaj P. Ryan on more true zero RB rooms where I need production right out of the gate. Um, just with the thesis being, hey, Javante Williams going to be slow to start the season. Maybe he's not ready to start the season. Samaj P. Ryan could give you some bell cow weeks out of the gate. That's very helpful on zero RB teams when you're loaded up with all these rookies, et cetera, handcuffs. P. Ryan late, I am a believer in Javante Williams coming on, finishing the season strong. So on teams where I do already like my running back room, Bijan Robinson, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, I do feel like I have some fast production there. I kind of lean away with P. Ryan. The counter is you could say, well, P, isn't Brian Robinson a fast start kind of guy too? I think so. But the difference here is that I am building out a really big week 17 stack here with the commanders and the Niners. So just trying to get a little bit more weird. I think one thing, um, even when I was doing my draft with Sean on Wednesday, and Sean pushed us in a really weird direction to a three tight end build, but where we actually devoted some significant capital to the tight ends. 
And I am I'm trying to make trying to make some less obvious clicks that are still logical. Just pushing myself out outside of my comfort zone in these drafts in a smart way. I think the Gibson Brian Robinson, and I'll have to check the I can check the fantasy life hub and see if I've done that pairing at all yet this year. I do not believe I have. We'll check that after these next two picks here. Hmm. Man, I'm still behind on the poor pull. This is what happens is I, I, I toss a, a Molotov pull cocktail out there. I got uh, no notes on my pours there from Tyler. Thank you. Coffee snob David Montgomery. Okay, we will. Uh, I will come back to that after these picks here. Um, Jared, have I listened to Leone's and Gretsch's projections prod? Yes. Um, one of my favorite podcast series every year. That's on the Establish the Edge podcast feed. Uh, Gretsch and Leone go through their individual player-level projections and team-level projections as far as pace for each team. It is a really nice companion piece to doing a ton of drafts. And this year, they're even sprinkling in more um, player cost into their analysis, which is obviously fun if you're drafting a lot on underdog this year. Um, okay, I definitely feel good about waiting on quarterback. Rogers slides to 130 here. We will grab him stacked up with Garrett Wilson. Uh-oh. I don't know. Counterpoint. Uh, James doesn't know if I actually watch football. I prefer not to. I guess sometimes on Sundays I watch it. Hmm. Kamara at 110 is utterly insane. Pretty sure he's been at like 120, 130 at some of these drafts. Um, all right. We are back on the clock here. Um, to, 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 I don't, I don't think I want to do Jared Goff with David Montgomery. Um, McKinnon falling here. Been taking a lot of Jalen Warren in this range. I'm trying to see, is there anything else standing out to me from a correlation perspective? Might grab another Jonathan Mingo share here. Feels like a wide receiver pick. Um, no correlation tiebreakers in that range as far as Rashi Rice. Didn't have anything with KC or Cincinnati. So we'll grab Jonathan Mingo. It also gives me another out to uh, a late quarterback if I want to go that route. And it looks like I'm in on the rookie wide receivers today. Hmm. Yes, uh, and I am, I get this question literally every stream. Um, I am going to make a video, a uh, little tutorial on this. Anybody know how he gets the week 17 exposure percentage under the names? That's the Brick Draft Caddy. If you go to thedraftcaddy.com, you can get that downloaded. It's either a Mozilla add-on extension or I have the Chrome extension. And I'm going to make uh, a video walking through exactly how to get that on your drafts. It is through the computer browser. It is not available on mobile. I believe it's $25 a month is how much he's charging. And you can basically select whatever information you'd like. Obviously, I have my week 16 matchups, week 17, and then my BBM exposures. Oh, I wanted to go to the uh, the Fantasy Life Hub real quick and check my Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson stuff. So um, 
you guys have seen us talking about the uh, the Best Ball Hub completely free tool over at Fantasy Life. It's fantasylife.com slash tools slash Hub. You can also just grab it from the tools drop-down menu. You upload your CSV that you get from Underdog, and then you can select your various tournaments, Best Ball Mania here. And then you can look at various player combinations here. So I'll check out Gibson and Robinson to see if I have drafted them on a team together yet i don't think i have maybe i've done it in like a puppy or something we will find out antonio gibson and brian robinson no teams looks like i have not drafted these teams together yet here per the uh the best ball hub but i can go through and see the various team stacks that i've done with brian robinson lots of him with george kittle and debo and same with Antonio Gibson. Actually, Antonio Gibson, I don't have as much week 17 stacks. Christian McCaffrey, 8%. Debo, 8%. Um, all right. So that is always available. I'll drop that link in the hub or in the uh, in the chat. I also have links to both the Brick Draft Caddy and the uh, Best Ball Hub in the show notes down below if you'd like to check out those tools. Let's get back to my draft board here. Let's see where we're at. So uh, let's get a little reset here for the audio listeners. We are about to be on the clock in the 13th round. We have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Our running backs, Bijan Robinson, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson. Our wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Jonathan Mingo. Tight end, George Kittle. Um... This is going to be interesting. Man, I don't think um, – I, I was not I've, – I've passed on Jared Goff now essentially three times. Um, this is one of those weird spots where it's like I like the Jordan Love to Christian Watson stack better, and yet the ADP value bro in me is just like, am I going to pass on Jared Goff here 25 picks past ADP? I do have a bet on him – with David Montgomery. I'm just going to take Jared Goff. Um, and then I basically will have a decision. I'm not going to take Jordan Love here. I do have, you know, Purdy available late. I have stuff with Sam Howell available late as a third QB. So that's how we are going to play this. I think what we will probably just do here is get a stack with Jared Goff and tie the loop there. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that really stands out here. Uh, quarterbacks are falling in this room. Derek Carr available 13 picks past ADP. Uh, Jerome Ford goes, who's like kind of one of the last other players that looks decent in this range. So I think this for here for sure is just a Sam Laporta pick. Um, you're taking him a few picks ahead of ADP, but this is just a super flat range with a bunch of these mid-tier quarterbacks, mid-tier tight ends. And I didn't need to reach for any specific position. So we'll grab Sam Laporta. And now we have a Jared Goff, David Montgomery, Sam Laporta bet here on the Lions. And we have our Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson stack with the Jets. So to recap this team through 14 rounds, we have a 2-4-6-2 build. Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff at quarterback. Running back, Bijan Robinson, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, and Brian Robinson. A little handcucking there for you on a Monday morning. Wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Jonathan Mingo, tight end, George Kittle, and Sam Laporta. So pretty balanced team here 
as far as how we've spent our capital at various positions. I don't feel weak at any one position. And this will kind of open us up for, um, a, a dare I say, a best player available, best correlated player available strategy down the stretch. Vinny wants confirmation if you watch football. I, I will I will give you my entire football watching uh, diet. I watch zero college football. Um, I will watch a few highlights of uh, prospects as they're coming into the league. Um, then during the football season, I will, if I'm writing the newsletter, um, so like I wrote the newsletter on Mondays. So I would often always watch Sunday night football because I'd be writing about the game. But in general, I do not like watching Island games. Um, the commercials are brutal and it takes forever. And I'm an East coast dad and I don't feel like staying up till 1130. So I'll watch, I don't know, one and a half of the Island games, I would say. And then I watch red zone on Sundays. Um, I'm not watching the all 22 back. I am not rewatching individual games. So my, my football diet is what is it? Seven hours of red zone. And then maybe another four to five hours of football a week. Is that enough for you? Do I need to watch more to earn your respect? That's all the football I can handle. Hmm. DG shouting out the Fantasy Life Best Ball Hub. Yeah, super fun. I've also been, a lot of you guys have offered some good suggestions. I've been in our team's ear about some of the features I would like added that you guys would like added. So excited to see that improve and get better and uh, love that it's completely free uh, as well. Catching up on the chat. I'm so far behind here. JGFC shouting out uh, the Fantasy Life uh, Hub. Oh, you guys want now you guys are talking about Marvin Jones in the chat? Yeah, let me let me uh go past that. Wait, what are the bye week bros pissed at? Oh, the bye week bros are pissed about Kittle and Laporta. I legitimately didn't even notice. Um, all right, let's see here. Jets, lines. Bryce Young is here if I want it. I think I can push that quarterback. Did someone take Brock Purdy? That's hilarious. Um Let's see here. I will just grab Bryce Young then. Um, this does feel like a third. Yeah. All right. We'll grab Bryce Young stacked with Mingo. Who, who took Brock? <laughs> Where's the Brock pick? Brock Purdy at 170? With who? Oh, Brandon Ayuk and Eli Mitchell. All right. That's fine. I'll let it go. Um, here, I'm going to, I'm going to toss one out to the bye week bros here. Here you go. We're going to get, um, we'll get Tyler Conklin as our, uh, double stack with Aaron Rodgers. There you go. We're, this is, we're going to, we're going to get max correlation on this team. We are going to get max correlation. Can we get three double stacks? We got Aaron Rodgers with Garrett Wilson and Tyler Conklin bye week bros appeased. An olive branch to bye week bro nation. We got Jared Goff to David Montgomery and Laporta, and we have Bryce Young to Mingo. That is where we're at right now. Look at that. A little, a little pick for the bye week bros. A little pick for the correlation bros. A couple picks for the ADP value guys. Look at this. 
I'm just tossing out peace offerings left and right to all of Best Ball Nation. Okay, yeah. What I even forget this bit. Someone re remind me. Um, oh, couldn't help but notice this Peter Overzet with his blunt Cuisinart coffee. What is it? It's probably some horrific blend. It's probably like Dunkin' Donuts. It's such a shame that he's here with this platform, 376 people watching him draft best ball teams, and he can't even be bothered to get a slow drip coffee pour. I would like to see his beans cultivated in the mountains of Venezuela, farm to table, fresh raised. Who knows the problematic origins of the coffee beans that Peter drinks on stream. It's funny how he never reveals where he gets his coffee. It's probably created on the backs of child labor, for all I know. I demand that Peter reveals where he gets his coffee. Who knows what atrocities he's subconsciously supporting by whatever gross, manufactured, mass-produced, capitalistic coffee bean he uses. Is that, what, is that what the bit is anymore? Wasn't the bit supposed to be <laughs> that I helped you get out of work? <laughs> For those of you guys who are new on the channel, back in the uh, the pre-Best pre Ball Mania days, I would offer a service where I would help um, cover for you if your boss was looking over your shoulder watching a stream. But now it's um, just morphed into various character work. Was that the... Was that the uh, was that the impression that you wanted? Let me know. Let me know, Bindles, if I hit the mark on that one. I thought the bit was too, but I don't know how a coffee snob is helping you get out of work. Uh, yes, that sounds about right. Abandoning the original bit after like the third David Montgomery. It is a nice callback though. Now that I have this David Montgomery team here. Should we just, uh, let's see. Maybe we will, hmm, man, we have two more picks left here. You know what? Let's play this. I, I, this is just, I just want the symmetry of my, my double stacks for every team here. So we're going to grab Terrace Marshall. And then I guess this is a decision. Could this, this feels, hmm, is this a little thin for a four running back build? This is the decision I'm wrestling with. Um, of basically being, do I grab Mikkel Hardman? Oh, Mikkel Hardman goes, so that makes it easy. Let's grab Izzy here. Uh, do I like Izzy with this bet? Is there any bring back stuff that would be fun here at running back? I do kind of like Izzy on a big Jets bet especially to kind of balance out my heavy Brees Hall bags. I was going to be torn between Hardman, but this does feel like it needs a fifth running back. There's nothing else really. There's no, hmm. yeah, I think we're good. So we're going to grab Izzy. This is the final team, a three, five, seven, three build. And one thing, this doesn't quite um, fill that criteria that I was talking about on Lulz on Thursday. I was talking with Brian how, I kind of want to experiment with some th three QB, three tight end builds that also have an elite onesie. 
um, which is hard for me to stomach just the way I always think about a sliding scale of capital spent at each position. But this idea of giving yourself outs to three different stacks in the fantasy playoffs while also having an elite player who can separate at the position. Basically, the having your cake and eating it, two of the benefits of elite onesies and three onesies. Um, but the final team here, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, and Bryce Young at quarterback. Um, the big surprise here was the Jared Goff faller. I was at the outset assuming I was going to end up with um, Brock Purdy on this team, but Brock Purdy's team is here. He's now going at pick 170. So uh, we go Rodgers, Goff, and Young. Goff, the big faller. Running backs, Bijan, David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, and Izzy Abanacanda. Had drafted a ton of Abanacanda in the pre NFL draft contests, um, starting to sprinkle him back in a little bit here as what I think is kind of the true handcuff to Brees Hall. I feel like the team really soured on Michael Carter down the stretch last year. Wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Debo Samuel, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Jonathan Mingo, and Terrace Marshall. So we do get that cheap backdoor Panther stack with Mingo and Marshall. And then tight ends, a three tight end build, George Kittle, Sam Laporta and Conklin. And this is kind of one of the fun benefits of when you do do three quarterbacks. I essentially have four big game stacks in here. You know, I got I got the Jets, I got the Lions, I got the Panthers, and then I have the Commanders and Niners game there. So uh, that feels good. Also have a mini correlation, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers uncorrelated. Um... Other than that, everything, Zay Flowers and, and Bijan Robinson, really the only two kind of one-off pieces on this team that aren't correlated here. Um, sorry, Nate, I saw this too late. Is there any 18th pick that saves me here? Um, too late. You're on your own. You're on your own. Aaron K, roast the tool in the six, por favor. Haven't been doing a lot of roasts in here, but if you do want to uh, – Throw $10 at me. I guess I can uh, can roast you. Let me go to the other view. It's easier for me to um, roast teams from this view. And I will name this as well. Draft number 66. 66. The devil's number. 66. We A lot of devils talk on, uh, on ship chasing the other night, by the way. Um, BBB. Uh, what did we do here? We had a 3573 with NYG, Detroit, Carolina. Um, all right. Let me see. What was the team here? Aaron K. All right. Let's roast this team. Joe Burrow and Jordan Love. You got a nice value on Joe Burrow at pick 54. Also a nice value on Jordan Love. Um, it looks like Jordan Love was just a faller, and then you backdoor stacked him with Jaden Reed. Or actually, no, you took you took Jaden Reed first at pick 150 and then got the Jordan Love faller. You got Osborne on the bring back. So your running backs here. Okay, this, this is an interesting team now that I see this. Ramondre, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams. I, I do think you can get away with four running backs here. It's a little dicier. With Javante, um, but you are looking at some nice built-in uh, production out of the gate with Ramondre, Dobbins, Sanders. So I would say this is like right on the fringe of if I'd feel comfortable with a 4RB build. 
What's really interesting with this one is the detours away from wide receiver really got you in a pinch. So you took the detour for Burrow. You also took Ramondre, Dobbins, and Sanders in the first 78 picks and Travis Kelsey. So you essentially have five detours here away from wide receiver and your room really, really feels that. You have Cortland Sutton as your wide receiver three, Odell Beckham as your wide receiver four. Um, and then it forces you into a pick like Trenton Irwin to double stack with Burrow, which feels thin, but I guess if you're recovering at wide receiver, I do like that you got there quantity wise. Like if you're going to do this four build and if you're going to stare the avalanche in the face, I do think you want to get to nine to 10 wide receivers. Um, this build makes me uncomfortable. Um, it kind of reminds me of a build I did with Chris G on Best Ball After Dark a few weeks back. I can pull this one up right here. We did a 2-4-10 build here. Uh, Eckler, Bijan, Kenneth Walker, Malik Davis as our running backs. Um, and then you see we were in a very similar spot as you. Michael Thomas as our um, wide receiver three. You had Sutton as your wide receiver three. Um, and you see here how gross the running back room is, and you're just trying to make up for it at uh, at wide receiver with volume. So not my preferred way to build, but I think at least structurally you made it work. Um, in practice, um, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, structurally, I think you made it possible. Um, the only other thing too is like, if you really are, one thing I've talked about and the reason I like the Giants and I like the Chiefs on hyper fragile builds is because the amount of correlated late pass catching options. And I feel like you, there wasn't a ton of correlation options. You were basically just trying to hit this 10 leg parlay with a lot of these last picks here, obviously Osborne and Reed, but then you get John Mechie, Wandell Robinson, Irwin. It just gets really thin from both a correlation perspective and a talent profile. But again, I think getting to 10 wide receivers in this build made sense. Um, all right. I am going to bring on my guy, Lou Dog, right now. Uh, Lou, what is up, my dude? Hey, how's it going? I saw you just did a, a nice young bunch of rookies drafts today. Is that is that your first? Or do you think that is the most rookies you have on one team so far? It, there's no way. It ha There has to be drafts I've done more. Although, maybe not. Let me count it. Bryce Young, Bijan, Izzy. Addison, Flowers, Mingo, Laporta, seven. I guess on the Swole cast on Wednesday, what Davis had his challenge and he got to nine rookies. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's the, the the nice thing about it is I don't think any of them jump out to me as like, oh, this team is going to not be getting production early. Like Bryce Young, Bijan, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, even Laporta. I feel like most of those guys are gonna be on the field right away. But yes, I, I do love sprinkling in some young guys. Yeah, it's cool. It I wonder if there's going to be any sort of rookie type of submissions uh, for the bowl. Cause yeah, that was one thing I thought of too, is like, can you really predict rookie production? I think a lot of it probably has to do with, you know, O-line and just the team in general. Like if you're coming in and you're a rookie with a rookie quarterback, that probably doesn't have the best correlation. But if you have, you know, Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, that might be a little more helpful as a rookie. Yeah, I do think that would be a cool. So uh, just to set the table here, 
lot of you guys in the deposit kingdom know Lou Dog. Lou helps me out on the video team and has also been taking the Fantasy Data Pros uh, course, which you guys can always get 25% off on with promo code P as you guys learn about Python and how to code specifically for fantasy sports. Their courses are catered to that. But to Lou's point, I do think it's interesting because there are studies, and I know Jack Miller has done some research on this about how rookies increase in value as the season goes along. The interesting data thing would be how many rookies is too many rookies, right? Like, obviously, if I took 18 rookies, this team is likely not going to advance. But knowing that you have these asymmetric bets that can wildly outperform their draft costs, it just where's the tipping point? Because you could probably argue, like, say Brees Hall, you know, tore his ACL again in preseason and Izzy's this league winner. Like, he could probably mop up like three other bad picks if he's just this RB1 at that cost. The question is, is like, how many league winners do you need to hit out of these rookies to make up for the other guys flopping? I think is the interesting riddle there. Yeah. It's almost like you have to hit, like say there's, there's probably like five good rookies for each position, like uh, running back and wide receiver on a given year, you probably have to hit each of them for that position or like yeah. the top two, like just a Jefferson year or something like that. Yeah. So tell me about you've been you've been taking the fantasy data pros uh, course. I know you've been thinking about your submission in the best ball data bowl. Uh, how has uh, your experience been going with that? Because I the way I would describe you, I feel like you are a really adept learner. Like you take to new things quickly, but you didn't necessarily have a coding background. Um, no, I've taken I took a Python course probably five years ago at this point. So yeah. it's nice to have like the refresher on it. So I do have some some background in coding, but it was one of those courses where I learned a bunch of different codes. So it was like Python and SQL and R all in all in one. So when you have a, whatever it is, 10 week course, you can only dig so deep into it. So um, the fancy data pros one is kind of nice because a lot of the examples like it's all fancy football and like the one I'm going to show today is, is on like touchdown regression and it's, it's all stuff that I'm sort of interested in already. So it's nice to sort of weave them together. Yeah. So talk a, a little bit about, cause obviously the course gives you, you know, specific examples, different things that you can learn, basic things that are done, you know, within the like fantasy football content space. But then the real exciting thing is now, once you have these tools, you can, you basically know how you can solve your own problem. So what have you started out to kind of work on now that you have some of this, this base of knowledge? Yeah. So I, um, I'm going to, I could share it in here. So one of the lessons, uh, specifically was on rushing touchdown regression. So I took it a little deeper and went into, um, all of the positions. So mm. basically what happens here is we took every single touchdown based on the yardage that it came from. So here's like a plot that shows basically 50% of the time, if you're at the one yard line, it scores mm -hmm. a touchdown and then it spreads out. And we'll see when it comes to, to rushing, how different that chart is. But as you can see here, there's a big drop off after that 20 yard line. So basically it says the probability you're at this spot on the field, what's your touchdown rate going to be? And then it's comparing each of the players versus this. So 
poor uh, poor Pete Carroll learned the, that 50% uh, probability of passing from yeah. the one yard line the hard way. <laughs> um, and so here basically plots it out and shows players above the line, below the line. So you'd expect the, the players in green, basically Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert, were expected to throw for about 40 touchdowns and came around 30 touchdowns. And then a guy like Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, were basically efficient uh, towards what their expectation was. Hmm. So in the quarterbacks here, there's not too many that outperformed by a lot, but there's some that underperformed. So you see Kenny Pickett down there as well, Daniel Jones, some of these guys who people are taking later in the rounds in uh, underdog right now. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um Here's the the top ten of or top five of those guys. So it basically said Mahomes was expected to score forty seven touchdowns. He had forty eight. Tom mm. Brady was expected to get forty two, and he only had twenty seven. So he was expected the second most touchdowns, and actually came out as the ninth. So kind of interesting here. Um, let me know if I'm going too fast or, or no. You you're not. I think the the were so then we're um. Was it Daniel Jones and Kenny Pickett who look like the yeah. best regression candidates for yeah. touchdowns? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we'll come to it at the wide receiver too, but there are some correlations in one chart to another on here, like guys that are connected to Kenny Pickett. Spoiler alert, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting here. As I mentioned, like there's not too many quarterbacks that outperformed it per se. So, um, one thing that I was thinking about on here specifically for quarterbacks is just in general, quarterbacks are probably more efficient, um, less variance when it comes to mm. their position. So I think that might be part of it. Um, the Tom Brady one, I think uh, in the running back section, Leonard Fournette had a higher, um, higher than expected rate of touchdowns. So some of it is him and then Eckler for Herbert like the running backs getting over the line and the quarterbacks are under the line. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. It It is too, because one, I mean, that makes intuitive sense that if they were beyond expectation and the offense was still scoring touchdowns, that they would be going somewhere else. And then I do really think it's really interesting too, to start layering that thought into like best ball mania stuff of like the quarterback running back stacking stuff where it's like, you know, if you have in like the Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley was a perfect example last year on Pat's winning team where Barkley was a huge contributor in week 16 and then flop. But then Daniel Jones got all those touchdowns where it's like mm -hmm. sometimes that negative correlation isn't a bad thing. If you have both and the offense is continuously scoring throughout the season. Yeah. And uh, I see a question in the chat on are the expected touchdowns based on the average of all quarterbacks and it, the expected is based off of every. So the backfill was 2008 to 2013. So last 15 years of average from this yard line, will you score a touchdown? And it's so basically if it's 25% of the time from the, the 10 yard line that Tom and uh, any quarterback in the entire league for the past 15 years scored a touchdown 40% of the time, but Tom Brady scored it 30% of the time. So that's yep. like a, a raw example of it, but it's basically saying, should you score a touchdown on this play? How, how much percentage of the time are you scoring a touchdown compared to 
the average of the overall quarterback position. Very nice. And, and then you said you had some uh, some wide receivers for us here, or run, yeah. running backs. Uh, yeah. So I do running backs first. So this was the original example in the course was yeah. off of running backs. Um, but as you can see here, the line where it drops off happens sooner in running backs. So it's around yeah. the 10-yard line. So there's a lot less 20-yard rushing touchdowns. So the probability is lower. So it kind of spreads it out a little bit. Um, Which makes sense. Harder to, to run it in than it is to throw it in. Mm -hmm. So here you see a little more spread um, as far as off of the line. But Jamal Williams, <laughs> I, but I think Broke the chart. you could expect it too because he had a lot of one-yard touchdowns on the season. Right. So he was scoring around 50% of the time from the one-yard line. So he's pretty efficient with that. But yeah, you'll see it when it comes to tight ends too. Like Travis Kelsey's way off the charts compared to everyone else. But you can see Austin Eckler scored a lot more touchdowns than when, what he was expected, 15 versus like eight. Yeah. Uh, and then Zeke's on there. Obviously that one probably doesn't help too much. But you see like Pollard, Henry makes sense on there. Jacobs makes sense on there. And then the guys underneath, I think you were talking about it on one of your streams uh, with ETN. Where yeah. he had... Uh, negative correlation there. And then Brian Robinson's down there, Pierce, Mixon, Dalvin Cook. So I just marked some of them because it gets busy on the chart when you have all the names, but yeah, kind of throughout the, the main ones on there. And it's, it's really interesting. Like with all, I think this applies to all kind of like data that you're looking at of then looking at specific situations and applying context to it. You know, the Mixon one, you know, one thing that jumps out to me is they would use Samaj P. Ryan around the goal line. Uh, a lot. And so that, you know, could hurt him. Travis Etienne, they weren't throwing the the ball to him and using him as much in the red zone. But then some stand out to me, like a guy like Damian Pierce, who was getting the majority of the carries, um, you know, just perhaps running a little poorly on his expectation, Brian Robinson there too. And Pierce and Robinson are two guys that um, I do really like their current price in drafts. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure how much you really need to wait some of these. I think. Yeah. Obviously, something like uh, when players switch, like Pollard now obviously has a little different um, expectation if Zeke isn't going to be there. Um, so, like, both of them were over the line. That's why I kind of highlighted them as um, – and I'm not sure if I if Dak was in the original one on quarterbacks, but I think part of it, too, is maybe that's how the scheme on the Cowboys was last year. Um, maybe they were just sort of like these running backs like Pollard. Uh, I think I remember a few games last year when he, when he started, he had these big runs for touchdowns and obviously Derek Henry's known for having big, uh, long rushing touchdowns. So it could be somewhat the player too in their athletic abilities. Like Josh Jacobs had some big, um, big games last year as well. So I think when it comes to like overcorrecting for some of this stuff, like, Maybe Austin Eckler shouldn't be a first round pick, but at the same time, like the way he's used in that offense, maybe this is to be expected that they're just going to force feed him touchdowns because he's their most talented guy and the, their wide receivers are always hurt, you know? Yeah. And I think this, like a lot of best ball debates, and I keep bringing this up, it comes down to, you know, Austin Eckler, maybe his ADP relative to his week one through 17 medium projection is a little high, 
but mm. does Austin Eckler still have the ability to do what he did for Pat in week 17 last year and go off, you know, for a bunch of touchdowns? I I would say so. And so that's the tough thing you wrestle with is like the profile still exists, the offensive environment, but yeah, maybe if you're looking at one through 17, he is a little rich there. Yeah. Cause I do think when, when I look at this, a lot of these guys aren't going to be on the same team this year, but I see Joe Mixon was expected to be the third top uh, touchdown scorer on the league. So, you know, a lot of people are drafting the pass game on the Bengals pretty high this year. Maybe Joe Mixon becomes a value because they are using him towards the goal line. But as you mentioned, like at the same time, maybe P. Ryan becomes more of a factor this year. So it, I think it's interesting to look at some of this stuff, but um, as I mentioned before, like I'm not trying to like overcorrect or anything like that. Yeah. But one thing I thought was interesting in wide receivers is Justin Jefferson was actually below the line. So, oh yeah. Kind of, um, and as we saw on, on quarterbacks, like Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins was under Deontay Johnson, Godwin, like it's some of these same guys that are under. And then Devontae mm-hmm. Adams just way over Brown. Lamb is is over, um, which all these Cowboys are are uh, over expectation, which makes me wonder if if the Cowboys maybe last year maybe they were just overrated or something. And then then they lose their offensive coordinator, who was like the one voice of reason in that room too. It definitely I've I've been struggling with that too because I I like Lamb, you know, Dak's a nice value. Everyone likes Pollard, but. Um, man, the passing game too, without, without Kellen Moore, it could be a bit of an issue there. Um, well, Lou, uh, this is awesome stuff. And all of this, you know, on the backs of learning the fantasy, uh, or taking the fantasy data pros course, I have a feeling you wouldn't have been able to do this, uh, a couple months ago previously to have taken the course. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool to be able to go through it and see how to pull the data from all of the, the past historical NFL play-by-play data which I wasn't sure how to how to grab that from Python before. So like I said, we are partnered with Fantasy Data Pros this year. They are offering 25% off promo code P or promo code Lou. Use promo code yeah. Lou. Show Lou some love here. Um, taking the course over there, you can learn Python or fantasy football. They also have basketball and baseball as well. Your 25% off is good on any of those courses. And then hop into the Best Ball Data Bowl streets with us. We're going to be talking about that on a show again later uh, today that I should release tomorrow, getting lots of interesting submissions. If you guys saw Josh's thread on Twitter about does stacking matter, that is part of his best ball dateable submission and already got a lot of chatter going. So if you have ideas like this, inspiration, um, I've also been a sounding board. If you guys have an idea for a project you want to tackle and if from just a general best ball bros perspective, you want to know if I think that would be an interesting concept, feel free to hit me up. On Twitter, on Discord, I'd be happy to review your submission, give you any bit of feedback. But Lou, appreciate you uh, you hopping on here, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, good luck in this next draft. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to let Lou go. I am going to hop in another draft here in a second. It is Best Ball Breakfast, and we are about to do draft number 67 here. Let me get my banner. Let me get resituated for draft number two. All right, this draft is filled. I have been uh, tipping you guys off in the Discord. If you guys are YouTube members, let's get everything situated here. The 1-7, the 1-7 
for today's second draft. Let's see, who do we, oh, Dark Sheep, a baseball bro, gracing us with his presence as he seeks out that sweet, sweet streamer, Evie. Thank you. Thank you. We will be feeding the duck. I do think I, I mentioned this, what, what stream did I mention this on? Or maybe I was just privately. It, we might not be doing feed the ducks on Wednesdays anymore. So we, but we will always feed the ducks on Monday mornings. Let me let me get this here. Here we go. Here we go. I feel like we need a full reset here. I tipped you, Copper. I did the draft alerts. Mm. Oh, it was on ship chasing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because the basically the the TLDR is that the audio uh, for the second draft with Sean goes on the road of his pod feeds, and I'm allowed to do whatever I want on my streams, but I do feel a little bad with the audios going on the road of his, and the road of his listeners might not be as down to feed the ducks as we are, guys. It's just what it is. All right, on the clock at one seven, Travis Kelsey goes. I have been taking AJ Brown over Stefan Diggs. What do we want to do? This I I really do hate this this portion of the draft board. I really do dislike it. Let's just grab digs. Am I doing any chihuahuas? What are you guys talking about? No, no tip. I tipped you off in the Discord. Do I, do I need to show it to you? If you are a YouTube member and you're in the Best Ball Value Hounds Discord, so basically you become a YouTube member, you sync your Twitter, or sorry, your Discord account with your YouTube account. There's instructions in the Deposit Kingdom Discord how to do so. And then in the pinned messages, you can get the draft alerts. And I tag the draft alerts before I hop in the drafts. I know, no ducks on Wednesday. I think we're retiring Wednesday ducks. Maybe we can flip it. Maybe maybe I'll talk to Pat Crane and we can see if we do ducks in the first draft. Maybe that's the solution. Everyone wants ducks on Wednesday. You get ducks in the second draft on Monday, ducks in the first draft on Wednesday. I think that's maybe the con uh, the uh the compromise. I would I would definitely be in the Chihuahua streets if there were slows. I just I legitimately um do not have a lot of time to fast draft that's not on stream right now. I really wish I did. Don't get me wrong, it sounds lovely. What is feeding the ducks? You hear that music? I had to describe this as a, uh, I, I should just create an FAQ for my streams. Should we just get, let's, 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 let's do, let's get our first Nick Chubb share. You know, this just feels like a time to, to live a little, have some fun. Nick Chubb, Stefan Diggs. Start with two picks that I don't love making. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. I see what happened. Producer Phil is letting me know that I did the ping in the live streams. That's on me. That is on me. I apologize 
to live stream nation i apologize to the best ball bros i will make it up to you in some way or another you should have still gotten the alert tag it just was not in the channel that it normally is off my game GM to Kevin, been putting together office furniture all morning, but ready to feed the damn ducks. Man. I remember when I put my standing desk together. It was demoralizing. It took me way too long. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm taking the L on it. I didn't put it in the right channel. I will say, though, if you get the alert, if you get the ping, it does mean I hopped in the draft. But I messed it up. I'm sorry. I don't know what more you want from me. Yes, Chris explaining the Feed the Ducks thing that I forgot to uh, explain. The background music was a default option named Feed the Ducks, and the chat liked it. That is exactly what happened. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Man. Tell him, tell him bored. Am I just going to keep taking Debo? Let's just fucking take Josh Jacobs. God, I hate this draft. You, you got to love the drafts where every single click, and it's not that I don't like Josh Jacobs at that price. It's just, I know I'm about to get buried in an avalanche. Um, JB, what are your top five players that you are high on this year? Can be any position or... ADP um top five players that are that I'm high on well we can go to uh to my exposures here in a second and look in the best ball hub here uh let me zoom out on that so you can see here Marvin Mims my most drafted uh Raheem Moster Zach Charbonnet James Cook Tyquan Thornton but let's go position uh Kenny Pickett and Sam Howell. My God, how did that happen? Apparently, I like late-round quarterbacks. Running backs, Mostert, Zach Charbonnet, James Cook, some of my favorites. Wide receiver, Marvin Mims, Tyquan Thornton. Although my bags feel firmly packed on those guys. Haven't been taking a ton of them lately. And then tight end. This actually surprised me. I'm very flat on tight end. I am kind of surprised I have so much Dalton Schultz. Um, all right. But... Uh, yeah, right now, as far as those exposures of guys that I'm still regularly clicking, I want to get more Kyle Pitts. That's a guy I need to start drafting more of. Mm, all right, we need to grab wide receivers. Unless we unless we just want to... No. We could do a hyper-fragile build, but let's grab... Let's grab Terry McLaurin. All right, our team here through four rounds, Stefan Diggs, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Terry McLaurin, the start of a man who pressure washed his fence earlier. Andrew Mackins with breaking news. Dun -dun -dun, dun -dun -dun. Underdog has launched a Scott Fishbowl satellite tourney for charity this morning. Top 250 get into next year's Scott Fishbowl. Is it in the lobby? Is it in the lobby? Boom. Scott Fishbowl Satellite. There you go. 2.2% filled already. 
check out the Scott Fishbowl satellite. Um, McVibes, should I be setting my own ranking? So basically how I was doing it at the start of draft season, I was um, using uh, Pat's rankings over at Legendary Upside. I really enjoyed his. I've messed around with Leone's at ETR, which I think are good. When Sean drafts with me on stream, we use a, a Rotoviz blended ranking. But at this point, I know the draft board inside now. I know my player targets. I guess sometimes I get distracted on stream, so maybe I could use the rank reminder. But for the most part, I would rather draft off of what I think most of my opponents are drafting off of, which is the default ADP. So I feel like if you have a really, really good feel for the draft, then drafting off of ADP is probably the best way to go. If you're still getting familiar with the landscape, if you're getting familiar with players you wanna be higher on or lower on, then I think the ranks can be very helpful. But at a certain point, um, I feel like it's unnecessary to have ranks. I do think one thing that's helpful would be like checking out the ranks you like and seeing the change log. Who are the guys got that got moved up and down? I think that's helpful to know. Like I'm always interested of like, oh, Sean just moved this guy up or Pat moved this guy down. But as far as actually drafting off of those, um, I'm a little less concerned about it. So this is one of those spots that you get in when you do take a couple of the running back picks early here where you look at the board and there's lots of picks you like. I am definitely not done taking running backs in this draft. However, um, I think I'm going to have values that I like better. So if there was a, a faller here well past ADP, you know, if like ETN was at pick 55, I probably would have taken ETN and been like, all right, we're headed toward a 4RB hyper-fragile build. No screening value, so I'll keep grabbing wide receivers. I reach for Jackson Smith and Jigba had an ADP. I could have taken Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman correlates with Josh Jacobs, but I, I don't know. I just like JSN more. I don't know what more to tell you guys. I, I like leaving Michael Pittman for the Anthony Richardson stack slappies. It's my gift to them. So our team here through five rounds, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, Terry McLaurin, JSN. The Scott Fishbowl is a tournament I've been playing in maybe not quite a decade, almost a decade now. It's a huge pro-am tournament that Scott Fish puts on all kinds of analysts, now celebrities. Um, I've, you know, Shane Battier has played in it before. There's all kinds of it. Uh, Tom Everett Scott, you get all the analysts across the industry. And then there's a ton of fan spots up for grabs as well. Scott also is always very inventive with the scoring settings. He'll do points per first down. He'll do big uh, interception penalties. There's always a new wrinkle to the scoring settings. And uh, a lot of money is raised for charity as well. Um, one of those tournaments that feels like it always kicks off the new year of fantasy football Shout out to Scott Fish. Oh, and then people get really mad when they don't get in. That's the other part about it. All right, we're about to pick at 6-6. Six, six. 
looks like we will have another wide receiver we like in this range. No massive running back fallers. Vaporware. Oh, I did forget. Uh, Pete saw you in the Scott Fishbowl 13 Red Lobster Division. Reason for the choice, fan of unlimited shrimp. I am trying to remember my thought process when I was scrolling through. I did go to Red Lobster. Like, I growing up in Colorado, like, Red Lobster as a kid is what I, I thought of as seafood. And then I went into school in San Diego and discovered sushi and good seafood and then moved out to the East Coast. But, yeah, I think my earliest associations with seafood were Red Lobster. So maybe there was a small... Um, Maybe there was a small nostalgia factor there. I'm going to select Tyler Lockett along with JSN here. Hmm. Is SFB a bragging rights contest because it's all for charity? There are prizes at the top, but yes, primarily bragging rights. Um, da, 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 da. Is it bad to be at 70% Marvin Mims? I mean, if it's bad to be at 70% Marvin Mims, I really hope not. I, I hope I hope we are directionally accurate with our heavy Marvin Mims bags. Sims, you're in my draft in the Red Lobster division. Let's go. JSN before Lockett and drafts is a bit much. Why not both? Why not both? And I even have, what am I at? I have, I have more Lockett than I do JSN. I like both though. JSN at 13% and what am I at Lockett? 16.9%. What is my Lamar exposure right now? Good question. Uh, 4.6%. So I, uh, Jonathan, you guys know him in the chat, RKFD. We did a piece back and forth on fantasy life, talking about the quarterback prices. And I know he has big exposure in that range. I've still been prioritizing wide receiver in that like Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields range. So I'm a little underweight there. I, I feel light on Lamar. I would like to boost up my Lamar a little bit, I think. Um, okay. Um, let's see here. I am gonna I am gonna just grab Elijah Moore. He's a guy I like. These wide receivers are getting wiped out. There's a decent amount some running back value here, but I would like to get to five wide receivers in this room, especially because I don't have anything built with a lot of obvious pass catchers in the double digit rounds. And I wanted to give myself another out to a quarterback selection here as well. I uh, think all three Seahawks can get there, or do you think DK is overpriced? So I do think all three could get there, but I do think DK Metcalf is overpriced, and I would prefer to play the Seahawks through the cheaper options. It, I mean, it is 
you know, DK Metcalf's ADP is just a product of the overall wide receiver environment on underdog, as well as the fact that he's a grown ass man. I would say those are the two largest drivers of his ADP, but he's going in a similar spot as he was before they added the best wide receiver prospect um, in the league. And I, I think you do have to be very worried about his production with JSN entering the mix. And it's not like it could it could just as easily be, you know, Lockett's the odd man out or whatever. But this is why price is so important. At pick 66, your margin for error on Lockett is so much greater than with DK Metcalf at pick 27. I did take DK Metcalf on my draft with Dwayne on Friday night. He fell all the way to us at the 3-4 turn. So I used that as a chance to get some of my exposure there. Um but yeah, I am, I am I am worried about DK Metcalf's ADP, and I would prefer to. You're now having to take DK Metcalf over, you know, some of these elite quarterbacks over Mark Andrews. I guess once, you know, Pollard, Ramondre, Henry, Barkley, but even even Metcalf over a Jacobs and Brees Hall. I don't know. He he falls in a range where I do not like his price, especially knowing I can still get exposure to an offense I really like via JSN and Tyler Lockett for three and four rounds cheaper. I did not get uh, Deshaun Watson falling. I had been eyeing Damian Pierce. I would have needed to take him before. Uh, I don't really want to take these guys. What do we have here? Hmm. Man. This is a gross part of the board. I really don't like this. Uh, I'm just gonna take, man. I had, I didn't have a single pick I liked there, and I took Evan Ingram. No reason. The reason was indifference to every other option. I've never wish that Deshaun Watson would would fall as much as I did there, but he did not. Man, that was a gross pick. Thank you, Vaporware. I appreciate when you guys in the chat do the streamer stuff that I forget to do on my own. Appar I, I, I've been good about reminding people to subscribe for our subscriber challenge, but I forget that the algorithm needs its likes to feed it with those likes. If you're watching, hit the like. Mevin Ingram, my thoughts exactly as I selected him. You can watch back the, the tape. I wasn't really panicked. Um, you could maybe strap me uh, to a, a lie detector test. I felt very calm. I just felt it was, it was a shrug pick. The panic pick... You'll see me tabbing through frantically. Uh, 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 uh. That would be the panic pick. I was going to take Anthony Richardson if he fell to 103, but he does not. chat's responsibility each stream is to provide a call to action is there anything else i haven't remembered to promote that you guys can remind me oh how about this let me make my pick and then we'll figure it out 
I feel like just getting getting weird this draft. I never take two dead zone tight ends together. How about that? Uh, <laughs> I'm changing my mind. Uh, there's something else I might do instead. We take Antonio Gibson. Um, building out our Washington bet there. Um, all right, so our team here, 0351, no quarterbacks, just like the last draft we were punting it. Running backs, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, Terry McLaurin, JSN, Tyler Lockett, Elijah Moore, tight end, Mevin Mingram. Oh, what was I going to promote? Um, ADP chasing, immediately following this at noon. Today, no Davis. I believe Davis is on vacation. He didn't submit his time card for ADP chasing. But filling in for him, Jack Miller from Establish the Run. So you're going to have Jack Miller, Sam Sherman, Pat Corain going through the ADP landscape. They're also going to talk about the very spooky running back dead zone and whether it exists this year in drafts. The running back dead zone, something both Gretch and Jack Miller have looked at previously, and they will now discuss that dynamic in 2023 draft. So that's on ship chasing immediately following this at noon Eastern. Will shouting out the randomizer last week. Thank you. That's another thing we need to uh, re-promote here. Lawrence was phenomenal. <laughs> he was so good. Lawrence was built up for the randomizer. I feel like an idiot having not had him on the show previously. Um, I've started to get to know him more since he joined NBC Sports Ed, but a legitimately super talented dude and uh, rolled with all of the randomizer punches. So if you didn't check that out, if you're just here for Best Ball Mania drafts, the randomizer, we get we do an 18-round private draft. It's not Best Ball Mania. And every pick is dictated by a prompt or a challenge, something that you wouldn't normally do in a draft. And if you complete the prompt, you get to pick whoever you want. And if you don't, there's often a punishment. Like Lawrence had to draft Felipe Franks at one point. That's just how it goes. Who took Gino? Who's taking unstacked Gino? Come on, dude. Can I tilt? We're taking unstacked Gino? Not even a Zach Charbonnet? Not even a Pittsburgh player? We're just raw dogging? Man, that's brutal. All right. Let's build out a backdoor Daniel Dime stack if that's what we're going to do. Oof. Oof. Wow. I need, I need another coffee pour after that snipe. King Chosen. Are you in the chat, King Chosen? I am tilted. I, all I need, you know, the thing with the thing with the snipes, right? Like, if you can just give me one morsel of logic, you know, ADP value. Okay, I get it. You're, you're setting something up with Pittsburgh or whatever. You have a little week 17 correlation. You have Zach Charbonnet, you know, doing the running back, quarterback, Kenneth Walker, anything. Just a shred of logic, King Chosen. Just a shred of it. I hope you get buried by a wide receiver avalanche. It is true, as Phil points out, if you are in the chat and if you are King Chosen, you do have to reveal yourself. It is best ball law. Best ball law is being enforced even more these days. <sighs> All right, I need, I need coffee to get me through this. 
All right. Did I get Pat Fryermuth? No, Pat Fryermuth is long gone. <laughs> For some reason, I didn't see him on the board. Um, all right. We need some more wide receivers. Although we do have a lot of giants. Khalil Herbert stacked with anything. Let's just grab Mingo. Back-to-back -back drafts with Jonathan Mingo, a Jonathan Mingo kind of morning. Man, I'm still I'm still tilting that Geno Snipe. I don't think I'm going to get over it. That is the thing. Daniel Jones, we, we can survive. We can survive with Daniel Jones. Men will literally take unstacked Geno over going to therapy. I, I need to keep looking at this team here. I'm not over it. I have not moved on. Dude, get Jared Goff. So now he stacks Jared Goff with a Monroe St. Brown. This guy took a Monroe St. Brown at pick nine and knew that he could get him at pick 129. I'm so tilting. I'm tilting so hard. I can afford Gino, just not therapy. Gino is very affordable. That I will not deny. That I will not deny. God, this is going to be another Sam Howell team too. My God. Where's the Justin Jefferson drafter? No one taking... Uh... See if Cousins falls all the way to 144. Can't even get Jalen Warren as my pit bring back. Let's uh, start to... We'll get Tank a little closer to Kendra. I already have our Jacksonville bet here. Tank. Mingo. Ingram. Just gritting my teeth and getting through this draft. Mm. The snipes are brutal this morning. Allen Robinson round 18 is who you need week 17. Allen Robinson strikes me as like the guy you'd need week two. Will he get redemption if he grabs Noah Fan? I, you know what? I will. I will. I will forgive King Chosen if he takes Noah Fan. Basically, if he takes any Seattle player, how about this? I'll even extend this net. I am so willing to forgive King Chosen that if he takes a single Seattle or Pittsburgh player, I will forgive him. Forgiveness watches on. He has rounds 13 through 18 to repent for his sins and grab some kind of correlated piece. 
Jimmy G will be sneaky probably starting all season. The I don't even disagree. I think the problem is, is like, even when you're right on that, how right are you? Like, what is the payoff of Jimmy Garoppolo? And when you're wrong, that's bad. And I think there is some legit uncertainty around Jimmy G. So I would prefer, I'm going to be fine sprinkling in Jimmy G once we get more confirmation on where his health is at and everything heading into the season, but... All right, what do we want to do here? Is this a Tyler Algier pick? Is there anything else I'm missing? Trying to see if there's anything else I'm missing. Grab Tyler Algier and probably be done at running back. I guess I, hmm, yeah. Hmm. Yes, I will forgive. I will forgive chosen one if he takes Kenny McIntosh. I said it. Any yes, Will Dusty counts. So, Tyler, I was considering this. The problem is, I got to keep some some wide receiver bullets for Giants wide receivers. Vaporware saying his apology threshold would be two Seattle and two Pittsburgh pieces. You're a bigger man than me. I know. Like I said, you know, if I'm, I consider myself as an ambassador to the game and do I get grudges? Do I get angry like the, like the rest of you? Obviously, but I also need to be ready to forgive and we'll see if um, King Chosen here at pick 160 will take a Seattle or Pittsburgh player. And I will, I will go full screen. I will look to the camera and I will apologize to him. Tajay Spears, no forgiveness yet. Man, could it be, should I just do the morning of handcucking? Let's see. Hmm. We just take Gerald Everett. I do like Gerald Everett. Sure. Both of my tight end picks in this draft have just been complete ambivalence. Ever since Gino got sniped from me, I felt nothing. I might even just do a, a fast Chihuahua just to feel something again. FF Doom, I'm in a wild slow draft right now. Should I have take? Should I take Unstacked T Law, 89 or Traylon Burks? Already have Fields, Brees, and five wide receivers. I don't. I don't mind letting a massive faller going unless I don't know. Is Ingram still available? Like if you're able to do something quick with both T Law and Ingram. Anthony's excited for the randomizer this week with Jason from the Fantasy Footballers. I am very much looking forward to that. On the randomizer over the years, I have had Mike, the FF Hitman. I have had Andy. And now I will complete 
my fantasy footballers on the randomizer trilogy with Jason. That'll be Thursday at 8 p.m. And I'm close. I need to touch base with my guests before I announce it, but I'm going to do a best ball after dark Thursday night as well. Very excited about that guest. I will hopefully announce that soon. This is a good point, Vaporware. Handcucking has such a negative connotation. Need a more positive rename for it now that it is rampant in 2023. I'll, I'll think about that. Should we give it a rebrand? Yeah, and the Chihuahua, you know, I, I drafted all those Superflex teams. Um on stream and I just, I refused to capitulate. I had so much uh, Anthony Richardson and all of the late QBs, so much Kenny Pickett. I was just like, I am not drafting Dak Prescott in round one. I refuse. I was gonna take Jalen Hyatt. He's been sliding decently far in drafts. ADP of 178, I thought he would be here for me. He was not. Shall we take Isaiah Hodgins? Sure. Let's take Isaiah Hodgins. We get our first Danny Dimes stack. I'm trying to think what my structure is going to end up here. Let me recap my team. I'm at a 1572 build. Daniel Jones, my consolation prize after getting brutally unnecessarily, egregiously sniped on Geno Smith. Running backs, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Tank Bigsby, Tyler Algier. Nice little running back room there. Wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, Terry McLaurin, JSN, Tyler Lockett. Would have been great to have their quarterback. Elijah Moore, Jonathan Mingo, Isaiah Hodgins, Evan Ingram, Gerald Everett. Not going to have a lot of Week 17 correlation on this team. We're just fighting for our life just to get any kind of correlation. I, I, Of course, King Chosen takes Paris Campbell. King Chosen chasing the Paris Campbell steam up the board. What could go wrong? He probably thought he was sniping me on Paris Campbell too. He's like, oh, oh, by the way, couldn't help but notice you draft Daniel Jones. Let me take one of your other stacking partners. Little does King Chosen realize the Giants have 19 viable wide receivers to select. You can never box someone out of a Daniel Jones backdoor stack. You can try, but you will fail. All right, King Chosen, this is your chance. There still is a chance for forgiveness, King Chosen. Now he takes Bryce Young. Now he takes Bryce Young. Lord, give me patience. Lord, give me patience. Should I just, should I just take an unstacked Brock Purdy? I said I wanted to get my Brock exposure up. Should we just raw dog Brock Purdy? Taking Wandell Robinson. 
haven't forgiven you yet, chosen one. Omar took Darius Slayton at pick 185. What are we doing, Omar? Is it because I just said it's impossible to get boxed out on a Giants backdoor stack that you thought it'd be funny to take Darius Slayton at pick 185? No other draft will Darius Slayton go at pick 185. Look at these back-to-back picks. It's almost like I'm streaming my draft. Bryce Young. This guy. This fucking guy. King Chosen taking Bryce Young. Wait. Do we have a single Carolina player here? A single Carolina player. Do we have a single Jacksonville? This this guy. You are not chosen. Ah. Brandon saw a YouTube short where the guy said the Giants were the key to unlocking the draft. I... Dark Sheep should just take Sam Howell just to really keep the bid equity going. How am I I seriously approaching 20% Sam Howell? How is this happening? How? Why? This is out of control. I kind of think I need a third QB too. I don't... I don't know how I feel about the Daniel Jones Sam Howell combination. I have way too much Sam Howell. I, I was I, I was gonna select Bryce Young. We we're gonna move on. Howell does this keep happening? Someone said whenever I get Sam Howell past ADP, I can give the a Howell. Get it? Now, now what do we what do we do with this with this final pick here? So we're at a 2582. Daniel Jones, Sam Howe. We're good at running back. Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Tank Bigsby, Tyler Algier. Wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, Terry McLaurin, JSN, Lockett, Moore, Mingo, Hodgins, Wandell. We're done there. We're done at tight end. Evan Ingram and Gerald Everett. I think I just take. Oh, you know what? We have Tyler Algier. That's all I needed was a slight permission to take Desmond Ritter as my third QB. There you go. Actually, just wrote about Desmond Ritter in the Fantasy Life newsletter this morning. I'm so glad I had Tyler Algier just to have just a smidge, just the tiniest green light, an excuse. Let's check in on King Chosen. Did King Chosen end up selecting... This dude, can I, can we talk about King Chosen right now? And This dude cannot plead the I don't care about correlation card. This guy omega stacked the Lions. Absolutely omega stacked the Lions. Amon Ra, St. Brown, David Montgomery, Jared Goff, Sam Laporta, Marvin Jones, and Khalif Raymond. This guy 
I've been watching Severance. I know I'm like way behind on that. I've been watching Severance. This guy severed his brain. One half of his brain was like, correlation is the only thing that matters. Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, let's fucking go. And the other half of his brain was like, I do not care about correlation. I'm just going to draft whatever quarterback Pete needs. King Chosen is a crazy person. Omega stacking the Lions and raw dogging Bryce Young and Geno Smith. Reveal yourself, King Chosen. Reveal yourself. Thank you, Tyler. Get this stream to 200 likes before we end. I honestly don't hate how this team ended up. The final team here, a 3-5-8-2 build. Daniel Jones, Sam Howell, and Desmond Ritter. We got Danny Dimes double stacked with Isaiah Hodgins and Wandell Robinson. No Rams bring back. Cancel me. Sam Howell stacked with Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. No Niners bring back. Cancel me. Desmond Ritter stacked with Tyler Algier. No pass catchers. No Chicago Bear. Cancel me. At running back, we took Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs with our first two picks. Cancel me. Antonio Gibson, Tank Bigsby, Tyler Algier. Our wide receivers, Stefan Diggs, Terry McLaurin, JSN, and Tyler Lockett without their quarterback. Cancel me. Elijah Moore, Jonathan Mingo, Isaiah Hodgins, Wondell Robinson. Tight ends, Evan Ingram and Gerald Everett for literally no fucking reason whatsoever. Cancel me. Angry coffee pour to finish the stream. Angry coffee pour. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Drafts 68 and 69 will be tomorrow. The first draft here on the channel at 10 a.m. with Splash Play and then immediately following on the Splash Play channel with Spags. Is that what this was? Was this a 3582? I already forget. Yeah, 3582. I just, I really can't. Chosen, now I can't even click. I'm just tilting. I'm tilting. Seems fine, and I'm still tilting. Um, Be sure to head over, check out ADP Chasing directly following this. That'll be live here in about seven minutes on the Ship Chasing YouTube. Jack Miller joining Sam Sherman and Pat Corain. Hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your Monday, unless you're King Chosen. Unless you're King Chosen, I'm hoping your Monday is somewhat unsatisfactory. That's as mean as I can get, asking someone to have an unsatisfactory Monday. I will see you guys back here uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. And uh, also keep an eye out for the Best Ball Data Roundtable. That should post tomorrow morning or later tonight as well. All right, I love you guys. Have a good rest of your week.